Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Jessica, this is going to be what? The most dramatic podcast episode ever. <laughs> Do you have any guesses as to what we will be talking about <laughs> in tonight's, for today's podcast, rather? <laughs> I say tonight because we're recording this late at night. <laughs> we are. We never do that. This never. Will be <laughs> so it is going to be the most dramatic podcast episode yes. ever because who knows what's going to happen after 7.15. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Hilarious. So that always reminds me, of course, of Chris Harrison. Yes. And The Bachelor. We, we cannot be the only ones watching this, right? No. <laughs> sure a lot of that. our teachers, I'm sure, spend their Monday nights watching this show. <laughs> way past, you know, up way past bedtime, should not be staying up. And when, then when they're like three hours long and you're up until 11 at night, it's like, why? Oh my gosh, I am so that person. And then I regret it the next morning. <laughs> totally. I've been watching the show, gosh, I think since the very beginning. Wasn't Andrew Firestone one of The Bachelors he, at some point? He totally was, but Caitlin, he was not the very first person. Who was the um, very I didn't first remember the guy's name. It was like, maybe I'm making this up, Michael something. Like It was on when I was a sophomore in college. That was the first season, and I definitely watched it with my <laughs> Well, if you were a sophomore in college. Guy. Oh, he was? Yeah. I don't, maybe I didn't watch that one because I would have been a sophomore in high school. Right. And I'm not sure that would have been like like on your radar. Yeah. I don't know. But Andrew Firestone, now that you said him, like I loved him. I thought he was so cute back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. He had like a winery, right, in California. And yes. Yeah, yeah. And I liked the girl he picked, Jen. Like I remember a lot of Yeah, these I liked her too. Most of them don't stay together. You know, it I makes know. me sad. And then I follow them on Instagram and then they break up and I'm like, you're not interesting to me anymore because all I cared about was your love story. And it makes totally. me sad. Wait, who was your favorite then? Because Andrew Firestone was not my favorite, but um, like honestly, I really like Sean and Catherine. Okay, they were cute. I just like her. She's they so goofy. Yeah, and, and they have like three kids. Totally. I don't know. I just really like them. They have three kids. I thought it was. I two, think so. Oh they. I'm almost positive she just. I don't know. I mean, wow. We, I, maybe that's too much information to know about somebody <laughs> else online. <laughs> Um, I totally liked Ben Higgins. Do you remember him? I know yes. he and I think Lauren, his girlfriend, broke up, but I thought he was a cutie. <laughs> yeah, I like him too. He's that's a good choice, also. Okay. Well, good. anyways, a little bit, you know, too much information about us yeah. now. We <laughs> know maybe too much about The Bachelor. But today we're talking about what The Bachelor, the show, can teach us about creating engaging lessons. So Jessica, this was really kind of your brainchild. So what even prompted you to come up with these ideas? Right. Well, I mean, clearly we're fans of the show and they're doing something right on that show because they're creating like really binge worthy content, right? That fans have been tuning in for the last, I don't even know how many years, at least 15 years that show has been on like a long time on season 30 something or whatever. <laughs> so they're doing a really good job. So what can we as teachers take from them and do in our own classrooms to create like entertaining binge worthy lessons for our own students, engaging lessons really. So we're yeah. going to talk about four different strategies that the bachelor does that we can do. Totally. And I like the ones that you came up with too, because they're not hard. Like they're totally no. doable. Like we can easily implement them into what we're doing in our classrooms. Definitely. So let's get started on them. All right. So lesson number one is to not take yourself so seriously. And this one, I was kind of reading your notes of how you came up with this one. And it made me think on all those group dates, the ones who take themselves too seriously, like whether or not it's, you know, on the bachelor or the bachelorette, but the contestants who are just like so uptight and so serious about it, they end up never having a good time and people that, you know, they don't really get to know 
that particular contestant. Right. The group dates are always some kind of like contest, like Mm -hmm. do a comedy routine or do some kind of performance. So it is nerve wracking. Totally. But you're right. There's always like a few people who just like can't let themselves go and have fun with it. And that would probably be me if I'm being honest. Like (laughs) I hate that kind of stuff. But but when they go with the flow, I mean, at least for me as a, as a viewer, I feel like I get to know them so much better and a little bit more about their personality because they're kind of just not concerned about what people think of us. And I think the same goes with our students. You know, we can't take ourselves so seriously around our kids all the time. Like they don't care if we're perfect with every single office. Half the time, they're not even going to know if we made a mistake with our lesson, you know? Exactly. So I think it's just letting your personality out in the classroom. And that's something we can easily do with our students to get buy-in for the lesson. Yeah. So I was thinking of one example of this, Caitlin, and I know we both did stuff like this in the classroom as well, but I'm actually working on a lesson right now for the EB Teachers Club, and it's going to be one of our October bundles, and it's going to include a mock trial for students. And so I thought as a note for teachers in there, why not dress up like a judge for the mock trial? You know, have like a graduation gown that you can wear or put your hair up in a bun and look serious or something, but just like get into a little bit and your kids will be so enthusiastic about it. Something totally simple you can do. Super easy. Well, that actually makes me think of when I taught Romeo and Juliet, I did a wedding in our classroom and we have a whole blog yeah. post about this actually. Um, but I wore like, I didn't wear a wedding dress. <laughs> oh my God, I wore a wedding dress to school once. You did? <laughs> yes, we did a a novel activity for the Weston game. And I totally came in a wedding dress. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Well, that one's not as good. I wore like, I wore like a white dress and like got dressed up for their (laughs) wedding. (laughs) So silly, but the kids loved it. And it was so much fun. It was a great experience. That is definitely something they're going to remember about that class together. So that's what we're talking about. Just don't take yourself so seriously. Like some of those bachelor contestants. Yes. All right. Lesson number two, this one's kind of funny. And it's that strange gimmicks work. So we want you to think about if you are a bachelor fan, right? There's that first night when all the girls are showing up at the mansion and they like all do something or the men do something silly too. They Not do as often as the women. I agree. But the men I like tend to remember do. what the girls do. I don't know what, maybe because they're like kind of over the top. Maybe. <laughs> so there is someone who did show up in a wedding dress once actually on Sean's season who you like. <laughs> Um, and she made it as far as runner up. So pretty ambitious on her part. They always are getting out of the limo doing cartwheels or coming on horses or like singing karaoke. Like they're just doing crazy things. Do you remember the girl that was like in a shark costume? But oh my gosh, yes. Dolphin and she's like yes. jumped in the pool and like, I mean, it's strange, right? But they make it pretty far on the show. And the same thing can happen in the classroom. You can do ridiculous gimmicks and your students will be into it. So we're going to share just like a few random ideas that maybe will inspire you to try something different. Do you want to share some? Yeah, for sure. And I think that the thing about the ridiculous gimmicks working is that it gets, it captures our students' attention. It Mm -hmm. captures, you know, their memory. They're going to be like, oh yeah, that's what happened in that class period when Mrs. Mitchell taught us that. Or it just brings something different to the table that's not the same redundant thing over and over again. Um, So something like cutting out Shakespeare's like an image of Shakespeare's face and holding it up as you recite a sonnet or something silly mm-hmm. like that. Maybe you're introducing the Globe Theater before you're teaching Romeo and Juliet um, or turning a figurative language review game into a game of spoons, which we actually have. I think that's in one of our bundles. From it is. It's July. in our, if you're listening and you're an EB Teachers Club member, it's in your June, June. 2019 bundle. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
Totally. (laughs) But just any way to hook your kids, you know, that's something we're constantly thinking about when we're creating content for our AB teachers club members is just how can we get kids engaged? How can we get them interested in what we're teaching? Because, you know, some of it is kind of boring and maybe we got to fake it till we make it. And those strange gimmicks are going to just get our students engaged. And what I like about that, again, like the Shakespeare example you gave, that doesn't take a lot of time. That's like super quick, print out a picture of him, cut it out, hold it up to your face, like easy, done. And it's just something different. Yeah. And like tie it into your personality. If you have weird quirks and things that you love, you know, bring that into your classroom for your kids because they appreciate that for sure. All right. Lesson number three is to offer choices to our students. So whether it's on, you know, night one where we have the 25 or 30, I think one season even had like 35 contestants. Yeah, they they oh just gosh. kept coming and all of the contestants <laughs> were like, wait, I'm so confused. There's not just supposed to be this many people here. Um, they have, you know, they, the bachelor or the bachelorette always has a choice for who to take on the group date or two one-on-one dates or even, you know, at the rose ceremony, they're always making choices. And that's something that as viewers is riveting to us. It's like, who's going to get chosen tonight? You know, that's why we watch is because we want to find out who gets picked. Mm -hmm. And so those are the juiciest moments. And so if we can tie that into the classroom and we can think about choice in the classroom, how that creates excitement, maybe not riveting all the time, like the bachelor for us, but still excitement, engagement. And how can we do that for our students? Jess, what would be a good example? So I think choice boards are the obvious ones, right? Whenever we can give students a choice in how they demonstrate their understanding of a concept, there's going to be more buy-in for them. They're going to get to express their creativity and show mastery of a standard. So give them choice that way through a choice board. Um, You can also take whatever standard you're currently focusing on and let kids come up with their own way to assess. It doesn't have to be choices you give them, like let them come up with the idea and present to you. And I think that's a great way to offer choice in kind of a different way. Yeah. And I actually love our one pager choice boards. So I think a lot of our EB teachers club members and EB writing program members Mm -hmm. might have this. Um, and that is like, it is a one pager, but it's a choice board one pager. So we're giving students the option of different things to incorporate on their one pager. So there's still that creative aspect, but we're still asking students to create claims, to find evidence, to justify their reason. Even if it's an artistic choice, we still want them justifying their artistic decision. So they're constantly going back to the standards all while allowing them that space to be creative in that type of project. So that's one of my favorite things that we have actually. And that just made me think of another thing that's so easy to do is if you're giving them, you know, a response to literature, offer them a choice in the question that they are answering, right? So, so simple, but how often are we doing that? And it's just a really easy way to um, get students interested in what they're writing about. And when you do that, you don't have to read the same essay over and over again, 35 times. (laughs) You have maybe four different types of essays you're reading because you had four different prompts. Makes a huge difference when you sit down to grade them. Totally. Yeah. You're more refreshed when you're grading. You're probably nicer when you're grading too. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Last but not least, lesson number four. And this one is fun. It's use cliffhangers and hyperbole to your advantage, right? So we talked about this at the beginning. Chris Harrison is always saying, this is going to be the most dramatic rose ceremony ever, or find out what happens next week, or, yeah, you know, just super like that. dramatic. Yeah. So dramatic. Um, especially like with after the final rose, it's like every five minutes, he's <laughs> dropping some kind of cliffhanger and they're having another commercial break. Right. Well, 
just like he does, we can offer cliffhangers in our classroom, right? It's such an easy tactic to implement. So when you're not um, having like this binge-worthy content in the classroom, you can still make it fun for them. Try to tease it a little bit, get them excited, even if it sounds kind of boring. Like let's say it's an informational text article and that's not like the most engaging lesson. Come up with a fun way to introduce it and then tease the heck out of it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Say like, absolutely. We're going to make this mini escape room with this article, or we're going to search for scavenger hunt clues in this article, whatever it is. Or, or don't even tell them, you know, before the oh. day comes and you're going to do a scavenger hunt for like the week leading up to it. You can even just say to your kids day after day, you guys, I'm so excited for yes. this lesson that we're going to be doing on Monday. And you know, the next day I'm so excited. You guys have no idea what to expect. And then it's like, they want to come back. You mm -hmm. know, they want to be in your classroom. Um, a concrete example that we have from I love one of our lessons. Totally. My favorite thing. Um, when we teach the lottery, right? It's, there's a specific event that everybody, I don't want to ruin the story for anybody, but there's a specific <laughs> event where the whole town has to be there. And so we actually create posters that say, you know, everybody must attend on this specific day. I think it's like June 25th. June 27th. I think. June 27th. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's very ambiguous, but also intense. Like you have to come. Everybody. Right. It's like meet in the town square. Yes. You must be there. <laughs> yes. And so we always read that book, gosh, I think in like around a winter time, you know, and it's June that the mm -hmm. posters say, and I always hang them up and my students are like, wait, I have to come back in the summer. They're all <laughs> upset. They're all up in arms. And like, that's great. If they're up in arms about a poster that has to do with a short story we're going to read, that's huge. What more right, can And I remember one of our teachers, she printed out like a ridiculous amount of copies and hung yes. them everywhere. <laughs> and like how fun for students to see that and like start talking like what is happening in our classroom. And it gets you excited as the teacher, you know, when yeah. your attitude starts to change and you're excited to go to class, that makes such a difference with the way that you show up for your students. And then in turn, the way that they show up for you in class every day, it's just, it's sure. huge. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So should we recap all of them in one spot for everybody? Yes, let's do it. So what can the bachelor be teaching us about creating engaging lessons? Well, number one, don't take yourself so seriously. Two strange gimmicks work. Three, choice keeps things interesting. So give choice all the time. And then number four, bring out your inner Chris Harrison and tease the heck out of your upcoming lessons. Be dramatic. Give cliffhangers. Use hyperbole. Just go all out. Bring it. I love it. Yes, your students will love it. So fun. This is a great episode, Jess. I'm so yeah, glad that you fun. came up with this very part. creative thing to talk about. Well, now I, I kind of want to go like watch an old episode because <laughs> we don't have any episodes right now, um, but maybe soon, maybe soon. Right. All right, you guys. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We can't wait to see you next week in the next episode. Um, until then, best of luck back to school. I think a lot of people are heading back to school now, so we're wishing all of no. you well. Yeah. All right, you guys have a good one. We'll see you later. Bye.